welcome to the Healthcare Question Show. I'm your host, Dr. Kendrick Johnson. I'm a family physician and healthcare CEO, and I'm on a mission to replace the broken sick care system with a healthcare system that truly cares and truly brings health. On this show, we ask the tough questions about how we can change the healthcare system and our own culture to make ourselves and our community healthier. This show is sponsored by Arc Family Health, where you can see your provider within a day for urgent needs. You can call, text, or email your provider all for about as much as your cable bill. There are no copays, and we spend as much time as you need. You can check out our two Valley locations at arcfamilyhealth.com, and we'll be happy to see you. So on this day, I have a lot of uh, stuff coming in from LinkedIn that I wanted to share with you. If, By the way, if you want to share in the conversation on LinkedIn, you can uh, look us up on LinkedIn. If you go to Kendrick Johnson on LinkedIn, you should be able to find me. And uh, we have a lot of people who are well-connected in the healthcare industry who have weighed in on a topic that I wanted to talk about today. So I I asked a question to this community and I said, what one word do you think describes the state of our healthcare system today? And I was uh, was pleasantly surprised by the response, although not all of it is very positive, as you might imagine. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the positives and the negatives and what we can learn from some of these healthcare leaders who weighed in on what one word describes our healthcare system today. You're also welcome to call in if you have any comments or questions. The phone number is 602-277-KFNX. That's 602-277-5369. And I'd be happy to hear your comments and questions on the show. And otherwise, we'll be taking taking the comments from online from from LinkedIn today. So, of uh, of these many responses that I got, one of them that really stood out to me was from a surgeon named Dr. Feinstein. And when asked what one word describes healthcare today, Dr. Feinstein said Kafka esque. Now, uh, you might be like I am and not really know about, about what Kafka-esque means. But, uh, so I did look it up and, uh, and understood that Franz Kafka was a writer. He's a Czech-born German language writer uh, whose surreal fiction vividly expressed the anxiety, alienation, and powerless of the individual in the 20th century. Kafka's work is characterized by nightmarish settings in which characters are crushed by nonsensical blind authority. And it was that nonsensical blind authority that really drove this idea of some of our healthcare system being Kafka-esque. Because when you look at some of the decisions that are made in our healthcare system, many of them do seem completely nonsensical and, and completely blind to at least the needs of the patient. Now, there are other answers here that reveal that potentially the, the decisions that are made in healthcare are often not blind to the needs of the people who are setting up the healthcare system. 
you know, the power players in healthcare may know exactly what they're doing in some some of these circumstances, but is at least blind when it comes to the sense of taking care of the individual. And so I thought that was a very descriptive word that uh, that Dr. Feinstein used to describe uh, the healthcare system. But right after that, somebody else said that the healthcare system was world class. And so I thought that was interesting and I took it back to Dr. Feinstein. I said, hey, isn't it interesting that you said that Kafkaesque was the one word and the next comment said that it was world class. And so I thought that was a, a really interesting juxtaposition. So which one is it? Is our healthcare system a world-class healthcare system or is it a Kafkaesque healthcare system? And so some of the, some of the evidence that was provided for why this system might be considered world-class in some circumstances is because we experience that there are people who come here from Canada to get access to our healthcare system. There are, there are things about our healthcare system that we are doing very well. And there are people who come from other countries just to get access to this world-class healthcare system. So when I took that back to uh, Dr. Feinstein, he said, well, there are world-class providers, but a terrible system. And I think that really describes our healthcare system well. When we look at individuals in our healthcare system, there are some amazing providers of healthcare, nurses, uh, medical assistants. I know in my staff, I've got some of the most wonderful people who are working in the healthcare system and who are taking excellent care of the patients. And uh, just a little shout out to Jen, Jessica, Shelby, Hema, Jeremy, Will, thank you all for doing such amazing work um, at Arc Family Health. You guys are so awesome. But uh, so there are some amazing people in the healthcare system doing really great work, but the system as a whole is terrible. And so my next thought is why is it terrible? And if I scroll down a little further in these comments here, I find a comment from uh, David Contorno. Now, you probably haven't heard of David Contorno unless you are in the benefits world. And if you are in the benefits world, you probably have heard of David Contorno. He's something of a legend. And the reason why is because David Contorno has, has gone completely out of the current norms of putting together healthcare plans and has put together healthcare plans based off of not what makes the most sense for the insurance company, but makes the most sense for individual employers and their, their patients. And David Contorno's comment was rigged. And so, you know, in connection with this idea of a Kafkaesque healthcare system, David's com comment was, it's rigged meaning that there are people at the top who are really happy with the way that this healthcare system works or is currently running and they don't want it to change and they have a lot of power to help keep it from changing and so this this comment i said was was one of my favorites although 
it's also one of my least favorites because it is it is uh, discouraging to think about the system being rigged against the people who need it the most. And so I told him that. I said, you know, this is one of my favorite answers, except I don't think it captures the opportunity that uh, that David Contorno and other trailblazers are mining out of the mountain here. So I am uh, excited to go through some of the rest of this uh, response with you. And you're listening to the Healthcare Question Show, sponsored by Arc Family Health on 1100 KFNX, the Pulse of Arizona. Hi, welcome back to the Healthcare Question Show. I'm Dr. Kendrick, and we are talking about the one word that describes our current healthcare system. And we've heard a, a couple of kind of sobering words here so far. Uh, one, one person described this healthcare system as Kafka-esque. And uh, we also talked about the healthcare system as being rigged. And I do want to get to some of the positives here, but, uh, but let's, uh, let's build up the suspense a little bit more because there are some more uh, problems with this that I think we, we need to address first. So uh, another, another word that a healthcare leader uh, shared with us uh, this is Peter Finlayson out of uh, Philadelphia. He's, he chose the word complex. So when I went back to him and I said, uh, yes, the, the problems that we seek to solve in healthcare are complex and the mechanisms we use to solve them are complex. And uh, he, he responds and says, and the attempts to regulate and mitigate unintended consequences of the mechanisms. So well, that's maybe a little complex of an answer itself, but, but what he's saying is the system is complex and the ways that we try and fix the problems we've created are also complex and have unintended compli- uh, consequences. And the first thing I thought of that was, wow, that's the same thing that we are doing in medicine. When we try and fix problems in medicine, we're often throwing more and more medications at a problem. and we often create problems from the medication and have to prescribe another medication in order to counteract the effects of the first medication. I was talking to a patient this morning who his blood pressure is so low from one of the other medications that he's getting that he has to take another medication to keep his blood pressure up. And it's just like this constant balancing act between the two different chemicals that we're putting in this body. And so I think that's really interesting that our healthcare system is suffering from some of the same kinds of problems. You know, we put in a measure, especially a government measure, to try and fix a problem, and we often see that it creates a new problem. One of my favorite examples of this, I think I've shared on the show before, is that we created a government policy, a law, that says healthcare companies insurance companies cannot profit more than 15% on their total revenue. That 85% of their revenue has to go into the claims of a patient. They need it needs to pay for care of some kind. And so the, the reason that law was made was because 
we don't want we don't want insurance companies to be pocketing all this money, right? So let's limit how much of a percentage they can take home. Sounds like a reasonable law. And um, and when you think about the the dangers of insurance companies taking you know way too much money out of the healthcare system, you know I can understand why a legislator might sit around a table and say, well, why don't we just limit how much they can take? Well, here's the unincompetent unintended consequence of that law. Now that an insurance company cannot profit more than 15%, that means the only way that they can make more money is if the cost of care increases. So think about that. Our government, our laws, made it impossible for the insurance company to benefit by helping people get well. They made it essentially illegal <laughs> to benefit by helping people get well. And they created a incentive, an incentive that says the only way you can make more money, the only way you as a CEO can grow your profits is by increasing the total cost of care. So what do you think that does when an insurance company wants to go to the table to negotiate prices with a, a hospital company, for example? Do you think that they are really motivated to get the cost of care down or the cost of medications down? Absolutely not. Now, it's more complicated than this, and I hope that, uh, that my healthcare executive friends will polite me, correct me, politely correct me, but, but in essence, the insurance companies cannot profit by making people more healthy and keeping the difference that did not have to get paid out on healthcare. So I think this is one of the great examples of one of the unintended consequences that uh, Peter Finlayson is talking about here. He's saying that when we do things to try and fix the healthcare system, Often we only make it worse because there's all these downstream consequences that we couldn't have predicted, or maybe with that one we could have predicted it, but we didn't. We didn't do the math, or we didn't think it through. So I thought that was really interesting, especially how it mirrors what happens with my patients when we can't get them healthy enough that they can get off medications and now their medications are causing them new problems. So thank you, uh, Peter, for that insight. I think it's, a, it's really beautiful and it leads into uh, the next comment that I, that I see here and that is from Dr. Joel Bessmer. Now, this guy, Joel Bessmer, is, is something of a genius. Um, he's, an, he's an MD and he is an entrepreneur started a company called strata healthcare and uh, go ahead and look him up strata healthcare is a wonderful company especially if you are looking for benefits for uh, an employer um, so if you are an employer and you have employees and you want to get their health care taken care of really well look up strata also please look up arc family health so joel besmer says the word he would use is sick and that parallels quite well with the last comment where we find that this whole healthcare system is a sick system. It's dysfunctional, it's having problems. And just like we talked about, the answers, the, 
the things that we're trying to throw at this problem, these problems, in order to fix it, are actually adding to the problem itself. And so it is a sick system. It's unhealthy. It's, um, as somebody else uh, says later, it's unsustainable. That's Paul Berman, who's the CEO of a nutrition company here in town. You should uh, check out the nutrition professionals if you're looking for uh, for help with your nutrition. So this this system is sick, and um, and he doesn't mean it like kids use it today, <laughs> where they say something is awesome because it's sick. Um, no, he he says it's sick, meaning that the only way docs benefit is from sick patients. Today we have a very sick healthcare system. And he goes on to talk about uh, direct primary care, which shifts those incentives. And so I want to talk a little bit more about direct primary care. Of course, I always want to talk about direct primary care because it's, it's my passion and I think it's an answer to a lot of these questions. But before we get into direct primary care a little bit more, let's go on to one more comment here. And that... Uh, that comment was from Dr. John Van Vanderveer. Um, he's a DO, and he um, and he says uh, patients deserve better primary care. And he says that uh, the word he would describe our healthcare system with is inverted. And I think that 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 imagery is really helpful in understanding what. Is wrong with this the healthcare system with the sick care system it is upside down and so I asked him to clarify a little bit what do you mean by upside down what needs to be flipped and he says uh, he says dr. Kendrick several things are inverted in our system as you well know uh, doing procedures is placed over thinking about the problem and what the best answer is he says specialty wages are over primary care wages and he says uh, super subspecialists um, are over confident generalists or, or family practice doctors um, health insurance is placed over health care uh, profits are placed over patients volume over value and uh, the list just keeps going on he says um, and so there is a there is a real sense that things are just upside down and I want to pick through some of these uh, some of these things that he says in here um, when he says that doing procedures is placed over thinking meaning that we're we are valuing procedures over the idea of thinking let's think about why that would be so if if somebody has a problem that can be can be taken care of or can be treated with a procedure or it can be taken care of by thinking through the root cause of the problem and initiating slow lifestyle changes that take care of the problem which one is most likely to happen in a doctor's office today and you can probably easily guess based on where the compensation lies so in a regular doctor's office that is fee-for-service 
procedures are often the things that you get paid the best for. So if you have a procedure to do and you might get a couple of hundred dollars for doing a procedure that takes five minutes, are you more likely to prescribe that procedure or are you more likely to spend a few minutes describing and demonstrating what you can how you can um, help take care of the problem more naturally. And so I, I think the answer is clear. You're going to end up doing the procedure. So we'll talk through more of this after we get back. You are listening to the Healthcare Questions Show, sponsored by ARC Family Health on 1100 KFNX, the Pulse of Arizona. Hi, welcome back to the Healthcare Questions Show. I'm Dr. Kendrick. And we are sponsored here by Arc Family Health, direct primary care practice in Phoenix area. And we are talking about the one word that describes our healthcare system today. And I asked a group of professionals on LinkedIn, some of the leaders in our healthcare industry, what one word they thought best described our healthcare system today. And I uh, have been spending a lot of time on this last one, which is uh, Dr. John Van Deer, Van Der Veer, um, said that the healthcare system is inverted. And in my opinion, this is the most important word that we can talk about in what is wrong with our healthcare system today. It's, it's upside down. And so many of the things that we are doing in healthcare are, we are doing backwards. And it all points back to the same reason, which is, of course, money. We do things in healthcare based on what we get paid for. When your company makes more money for you to do something, you're probably not going to be incentivized to avoid doing that. And that's exactly what happens in, in the system is that we are constantly referring to specialists because we don't get any more money to take care of the problem in-house, whether we know how to do it or could do it or not. If it's going to take more time for us, it's going to make more sense for us to send it to a specialist. And that's why in our clinic, we have, uh, we have flipped the equation. We have inverted the, the incentives. And now, in order to keep my patients happy, so they keep coming to me, and I'll talk more about how our, how our company works and how direct primary care works, but, but now the incentive is for me to do as much as possible for that patient as opposed to sending them out to a, a specialist. And of course we do uh, send people to a specialist when they need it, and sometimes there are just things that can't be done in my office. But so much of the specialty visits that are happening in the United States do not need to happen. In fact, more specialist visits are happening than primary care visits, which is just crazy to me because so much of the things that are happening in the specialist office really should be happening in a primary care office, like management of diabetes. That's a primary care job like management of hypothyroidism that's a primary care job most dermatology things should be done in the in the primary care office in order to keep all of our health care in the same place so you're not going out to all these different specialists and you just have to pick a good primary care doctor that you trust and who knows their boundaries and so they're not going to try and do things that uh, that they don't know how to do 
So that was another great example of one of the ways that our healthcare system is inverted. And this, this other comment here, that health insurance is placed over health care is another important problem. People talk about health insurance as though it was health care. And there's an important distinction here. Health insurance, insurance means that you have a financial risk mitigating tool. You have, a, you have something that's going to pay for stuff that you can't anticipate and afford. Health care is when doctors put their hands on patients and try and help them feel better. So they are two different things. And a lot of times today we think of them as one and the same thing because, because we think about our health insurance as paying for our health care. But they're not the same thing and they should not be confused with each other because so many people in the country and, uh, and all around are talking about making sure that people have health insurance and not making sure that people are getting good health care because it doesn't really matter if somebody is willing to pay for it or not if it's the wrong thing to do people are, are are so often you know wanting to make sure they use their health insurance but you don't want a surgery that you don't need that that's a, a potential risk that could kill you um, and uh, and you only want to do surgery when you don't have any other options so so let's let's stop thinking about insurance as as health care they are two different things we mentioned that the insurance companies have a law that basically prohibits them from benefiting from helping people be well because they lose money when people are well because healthcare costs less health health insurance companies can only make more money when the total cost of care goes up what about hospital companies do hospital companies make more or less when people are well well there are some uh, things that they might make money for to help people be well but in general a hospital company makes more money when people are sick and I'm not I'm not suggesting that uh, that healthcare CEOs are are bad people. I think that they are good people trying to do the best with the system that they have. What I'm saying is that the system is inverted. It's upside down. And in order for us to fix some of the problems with healthcare, we've got to flip some of the incentives in the healthcare uh, system. And one of the ways that people are flipping those incentives is illustrated by a, a benefits advisor here in town named John Harvey. And if you have a, a self-funded uh, company here in town or if you, uh, if you have employees that need benefits, I would recommend looking at Wincline, founded by John Harvey. And uh, I... I must admit I am partial to this guy. I, I really like the guy. He's a friend of mine, um, but mostly because of the work that he's done. And one of the ways that John Harvey has flipped the incentives is he has stopped accepting any type of 
payment from insurance companies in order to sell insurance. Now he was a benefits broker. That's how benefits brokers in general make their money. But he changed his title to a benefits consultant and he stopped accepting payments, commissions from insurance companies, which totally shifts his incentives. Before, he was incentivized to sell the insurance plan that paid him the highest amount of commissions. And now, he only gets paid by the employer themselves in order to give the best advice possible. So I think that's a wonderful example of flipping the incentives. And I'll tell you uh, one way that other people are flipping the incentives is by stopping being paid by fee for service. So what that means is instead of getting paid for um, instead of getting paid for each visit, people pay a monthly membership. And now your employer might pay for this benefit or you might pay for it yourself. You get a monthly membership to a primary care practice and everything that you need from that primary care practice is included in the membership. You can call, you can text, you can email, you can come in, you can have procedures done, and all of those, uh, all those visits, all of the doctor's time is included in your monthly membership. So think about how that shifts the incentives here. Before, when I was a doctor in the old insurance-based system, I, I fancied myself as being altruistic and I would never think about you know ways of making more money by getting people sick. But I'll tell you, I also couldn't really spend a whole lot of time and effort thinking about ways of helping people stay well because the company I worked for didn't get paid for that. In fact, the company I was working for before actually planned on losing money in the primary care office because they made all their money in the hospitals. And, and essentially the purpose of having the primary care office was to get patients to go to those hospitals and to the specialists. So now that I'm in a direct primary care practice, my incentives are totally flipped. Now, instead of uh, only making money when people are sick, our incentive is to keep people well, and so they need, frankly, less time and less resources from our company to to stay well. And so that means when somebody comes in with a question, I'm a lot more likely to spend an extra 10 minutes or 30 minutes to try and get to the root of the problem as opposed to letting this problem go on and have them come back five times for the same problem. And so, of course, you know, doctors everywhere want people to be well, but the important thing in my mind is to shift the incentives of the healthcare system to make sure people are well. Now, I said that doctors everywhere want people to be well, and I do mean that. I think that, that all the, the people I remember going to medical school with, they, they really went into medicine because they care about people. And they wanted to help people. I have, however, seen unfortunate examples where doctors did not have the best interest of their patients in mind. And um, I got a, a note uh, here 
on Inst- on LinkedIn that says uh, the number one word that uh, that this Dr. Osborne would use for the healthcare system is gaslighting, and I didn't really know what that meant either. But but gaslighting, I guess, is using psychological means to make someone question their own reality, their own memories or thoughts or feelings. And um, I, at first, when when I saw that, I'm like, how is how is the healthcare system gaslighting people? And then a very unfortunate event came into my mind. This was when I was still in training, and I was uh, working with a doctor, and one of the doctor's services that he provided was uh, rhinoplasty or nose jobs. And um, but but there was a patient that was in the office who was there because she had allergies. A, a 14-year-old girl a beautiful and confident young 14-year-old girl. And the reason I say that is because when this patient's parents were not listening, this, uh, this surgeon leaned in and said, I know you hate your nose, but don't worry, I'm going to fix it for you. And in hindsight, I, I feel bad that I didn't speak up right at that time and say, wait a second, don't listen to that. That is ridiculous and wrong. Um, but, but here we had a doctor who was taking advantage of a, the emotions of a young woman who had a, a totally normal good nose and telling her that the nose was bad and needed to be fixed. And, um, and that person was clearly doing it for financial reasons alone. And so... I, I, I just wanted to go back to this idea that we want our incentives to be in the right places in healthcare. And so um, I would recommend looking into a direct primary care office near you. Um, my favorite direct primary care office here in town is ARC Family Health. You can find us at arcfamilyhealth.com. Uh, but a special shout out to Simply Direct Health, which is also operating here in town. I'm with Dr. Kirby Farnsworth. You should check them out as well. And thank you for listening to the Healthcare Question Show on 1100 KFNX, the Pulse of Arizona.